You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Anyway, Ke- Kevin, how have you been? I, you know, last week on the show, Mike took over, filled in for you, because you uh, you lost your voice. You were like a, a a teenager going through puberty again, and, and the high-pitched voice, so you couldn't record, so Mike stepped in and did a great job. I miss Mike this yeah. week. Do you? Well, screw you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am feeling better, uh, feeling quite a bit better. I've been on lots and lots of medication. So I am feeling much better. Uh, my voice finally you got back to normal. You. Yeah, that's me. A drug addict. My voice finally got back to normal. I guess it was Monday. So uh, I sound as normal as I'm going to sound until the rest of this stuff goes away. But I had I had things going in every opening on my body. Boy, that is an image that we don't need in the first couple of minutes of this episode. Oh, I can just yes. imagine some of it. And speaking of which, what episode are we up to? I've got absolutely no idea. I, you know what? I do come prepared for these shows. I uh, Geekiest show ever, episode 112. Well, There we go. That's, that's yes. what we're up to, because last week was uh, 111, and, and we had to sanitize ourselves from your germs, you see. Thank God we don't have, you know... The smell of vision in real life where you can sort of breathe your germs across <laughs> the internet. You know, that that could be bad. You know. Don't know. Yeah, but I I love the idea of smell of vision, but the the implications could be really bad. Well, I think what I'll do just to be safe the next time I start feeling unwell, I'll lick an envelope really good and send it to you. That's it. I'm gonna give it to Gretel and get her to open it first. I'll say that you've sent something to her. She won't know the difference. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll call Gretel. I've got her number and we'll talk about it. She'll know that you have it. I'll get the kids to do it. I tell you what, Kevin, speaking of the kids... No, no. <laughs> speaking of the kids, you may remember back to last year how my son had uh, his tonsils, his adenoids, and then his, his grommets in the ears. He had the, the operation. And how I was a worried father then. Well, tomorrow... Yes. Literally in 24 hours, my daughter goes in for her operation for the adenoids oh. and tonsils. And she doesn't have to have the grommets in the ears, just the adenoids and tonsils. And I'm at that stage again where I'm scared shitless. It, it doesn't, you know, the, the stats are, it, it, if you look at the worst case scenario of deaths, there's one in 15,000 from this surgical procedure. And that's based in the US, that's not based in Australia, because I couldn't find Australian statistics. And of course, me being a pessimist, I always look at the worst case possible scenario, don't I? I, I took oh, myself into fear and anxiety and, and rubbish. And, um, you know, so it's a very safe procedure. You know, the couple of times that you just don't want to be that statistic, I guess. Um, that's right. But, it, it, you know what, it doesn't help take a. They, they could have said one in a million or one in 15 million and I'd still be as scared and as anxious as I am right now. It's just, you know, you care for your kids. You don't want to, there's nothing I can do. And, and that's the problem. It's like you, you always want to be there to protect them and look after them. And there's absolutely nothing you can do. They go in, they get wheeled into that operating room and you're entrusting your child's well-being 
to strangers that you've never met, or if you haven't met them and you've met the surgeon, it's for 15 minutes. You know, it, it's like, it, how do you, you can't build a bond. It, it's like, you know, I was saying to Gretel, I wish we had had the same surgeon that did Nicholas last year. I'd feel a little bit more at ease. Now, one thing is the surgeon that's uh, doing Natalia tomorrow, she did Gretel 10, 12 years ago. Uh, sorry, he did Gretel uh, 10, 12 years ago when she had the same operation. And um, so, I mean, Gretel's confident, but I'm kind of like, no, no, I just, yeah, you know, it's anxiety. And I know you've gone through that in the last 12 months with your daughter as well. A much more serious yeah. event than, than mine, certainly. But it just, it scares you. It worries yeah. you. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, for those listeners that don't know, and it's been, it has been just about a year ago now. And I, I, I guess I'm far enough past it now that I can talk a little bit about it. My daughter... Uh, oldest daughter uh, suffered from scoliosis, which is a curvature of the spine, and she actually had a compound curvature in two different directions. So the and it was increasing, and the only way to correct it was they had to make an incision that ran from about the third or fourth vertebrae in her neck down to about the fourth or fifth vertebrae up from her tailbone the whole length of her back just about, and then they inserted two metal rods alongside of her spine and then screwed those rods. There's probably six, eight screws in each rod that go, then go into her spine to straighten her spine back up. She came through the surgery fine. She actually was about, what did they tell us, three-quarters of an inch taller mm-hmm. after the surgery. So, uh, yeah, it was it was quite a traumatic experience. We spent an entire week at a hospital away from home and, and all that sort of thing. It was just, and the family had to be broken apart for the first time ever. And, yeah, so I know your anxiety without going into any more detail. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and, and I will... And I will say, just as I did last year for you, I will I will keep uh, you and the entire family in my prayers and, and and wish good things. And I know everything will be okay with Natalia. Fingers crossed. And and certainly, you know, I've got very little to worry about when you contrast, you know, what what you've been through with the family and what does, what I'm going through. It's it's still scary though. Doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't, doesn't make it a bit easier. No, it, it's just you know, the the kids are so much you don't. So many times as parents, we sort of, you know, we'll yell, we'll scream, we'll say, go to your room, we'll, you know, we'll discipline them, and then we may regret it afterwards. And it's not until you have something like this pop up that you go, oh, hold on a sec, Um, I've got to tick this box and tick this box and tick this box and make sure that I do everything a certain way. And, you know, it's stupid. I'm moving tonight, going to make her favorite meal, which is spaghetti bolognese. And it's like, I normally wouldn't do that. It's it's like we'd have something else. But, you know, you kind of, you're trying to make up for lost time and make it as happy as possible before she goes in. Um, So, you know, I've told her some jokes and stuff and and Nicholas told her what, what he went through last year and and he actually enjoyed it, surprisingly. My son's strange. He he didn't mind it at all. He was like, oh, but you get to he, play he, games. He is your son. TV. Yeah, but he should be petrified like I am. I mean, I, I'm scared of medical procedures. It doesn't matter if it's someone who I care about or whether it's just me. I I don't want them, Kevin. I'm, I'm, I'm a big chicken when it comes to medical stuff. I, uh, 
And you know what? I, I've really, I, I guess I've got no reason to be. I mean, I, I did have one experience many years ago that maybe I've spoken about when I was a kid uh, where I stopped breathing and the ambulance had to come and I was hospitalised and almost died. I was probably about 12. I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah, because I was in grade 6 um, in primary school, so I would have been about 12. And it took me three months to get over that. You know, it was a lot of going back. and They were worried that uh, I'd have brain damage and so forth, so I had to keep going in for scans. And they put this interesting mask on my head with all these like suction pads and they'd stick it to your head and then they'd ask questions and stuff and measure brain waves. And, you know, I mean, I don't know whether it was that situation in my life that, that made me fear medical procedures or not. But, you know, I look back at that with not scared memories not fond memories, don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm not scared of, of those issues. Um, but I, I wonder if subconsciously that's sort of terrified me now uh, for medical things. So thank God I'm okay. But, uh, you know, of course, some people, yeah. you, you know, would claim that, you know, there was a bit of brain damage there and and so forth. And certainly... So- I- I left it alone. <laughs> Come on, I'm waiting for you to take a stab. I'm leaving the door wide open. Trust me, my, my mother keeps turning around to me and, and, and she says to me all the time, you know, that's when you changed. You're you're a different person than when you were. And, you know, in, in our family, it's kind of interesting because my grandmother, uh, while she was alive, I, I never knew it before she had an aneurysm in her head. And that caused, caused her to... You know, the aneurysm burst, and they got to the hospital in time, thank God. And then uh, they had to retrain the other side of her brain to do everything from speech to walking to communicating. And it was amazing, the recovery, especially for, you know, early 1970s, I think it was. Uh, But, of course, I came in in 79, late 79. Uh, So I never knew her before. Yes, I'm a young fart, Kevin. You're the old fart. Uh, I never, I never knew her before that event, so I could never contrast and say, "Oh, that's you know, my grandmother had had changed." But my mother had always said, "Oh, she's a totally different person. She's still there and she still cares and so forth." But the way of of doing things and the type of person she was had changed, and that's yeah, understandable. That- so. Yeah, and and then for it to turn around and say, I changed, it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe I did. And, you know, perhaps you can't go through a, a near-death experience without changing somewhat. Because I don't... Oh, yeah. I don't know if I was as pessimistic... It has to, it has to affect you. It has to affect you at some level. Yeah, even there subconsciously, no even if you don't think about it. Yeah. It, it it has to affect a person at some level. I I truly believe that. I I um I mean I've had some medical issues. I've only been in the hospital once in my life, and that was just a few years ago when I had a, a kidney infection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll say one thing to you. You know, I your your health issues are definitely serious. But I'll just use one word for you: catheterization. Ooh. Don't ever have to experience it. That's why I drink lots of H2O. I, I drink water like nothing else um, to flush the system. And, and, and the reason why is because I've had kidney stones before. And kidney stones, I, I think I've mentioned to you that I went through kidney yeah. stones, three weeks of pain, no doctor, no nothing until I passed them. I was passing out. I, I wasn't coherent. Gretel put up with it. She's, a, she's more than a saint to put up with that. Trust me. 
because I was throwing up and everything, and uh, she tolerated that. So, yes, no, I don't want... And that's made me uncomfortable now. I'm sitting here <laughs> gripping something that I shouldn't be gripping while we're having a conversation just because the, the, the thought is going through my head, and it's like, ow, it already hurts. No, I don't need that. Uh... Yeah, yeah, that was that was... That was a totally unpleasant experience, and I pray to God. I had to – it was funny. Uh, I had to explain to a, a friend, a, young, a much younger friend, somebody that's even younger than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, he had never heard of catheterization or catheterization, I guess is how you should say it. And he said, what's that? So I explained to him what it was. He couldn't stand up out of the chair for about 20 minutes. Yeah. He just sat there kind of doubled over. Yep, yep. Sweat coming down, you know. <laughs> Like, uh, uh, uh. And he, he, I said, dude, that's, you know, I wish that on nobody, but they had to do it because I couldn't do anything else. And yeah. Oh, dear God. Strange. That's, that's, Just... yeah. But, you know, you talk about how it, it does affect you. I mean, my daughter always wanted to be a veterinarian mm-hmm. and she's always wanted to do that. And then last year, after all that process and. You know, having drains in her back to drain fluid and blood out after her. She's got no stomach for wanting to be a vet mm. anymore. It's all gone. Yeah, I, I certainly that, get queasy, and that, that would be extreme queasy. You know, it's, you know, it just, it wouldn't be good, so. <sighs> Boy, we, we, we have, uh, we've probably passed out a few listeners where... Mark is going. Don't 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 go suiciding on on live video chat, Kevin. We can't do that. Kev, Kevin was pretending no, to slit his wrist. I'm just gonna let you see some blood squirt out a little bit. No, I'll, I'll be right. We don't need to see blood. Oh my god! This okay. This. Oh, I, what were you saying? I can tell you an even better one. When I went to get out of the hospital a couple years ago, they're they're checking you out and they put you in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there in the wheelchair, and the nurse said, oh, we haven't taken out your IV yet. So oh, said, Kevin, okay. no, I don't need an IV story. Oh. So I, said, I said, go ahead and take it out. And I feel her pull it out, and I'm sitting there, and, and all of a sudden my wife's going, what's that? What's that? And I look down and out on the floor. Uh, <laughs> out of my arm. Oh, no. You know, that, that reminds me of a time that I had to go to hospital, and... Uh, it, it was because I was having heart palpitations, and basically I thought I was having a heart attack. I have no idea what a heart attack feels like, but it was the worst chest pain I've ever experienced in my life. And of course, so you go into emergency, you wait in your six hours, they take you into the little triage room, and they want to take a, a blood test so they can go and run the results. Well, this was the first time that I can recall. Obviously, when I was in hospital as a kid, they must have taken blood as well, but I can't recall that. But this time around was the first time I can recall it. And anyway, so I'm, I'm there, and here's this doctor inexperienced in, in, in doing it, you know, sort of a, a new doctor or a doctor that's still in training. Uh, I, I forget what they call them now. Uh, you know, ones that are fresh in- out of university, getting their real-world experience. Intern. Kind of thing. Interns, that's right. And, um, or and resident. Resident or intern, yeah. So he, he's prodding away, and, and then he hits it. But he, he pulls the thin out again before he leaves it in there. And I'm not kidding you. My blood went from my arm and hit the ceiling. And here's Gretel going, 
Oh, look at all that blood. It's spitting out like a fountain. Mark, look at this. Look at this. And it's like, oh. And, and you know, <laughs> I, I, then they, they finally consoled me. They stood me up and I was all over the place. I was white. I was dripping with sweat. They took me out to the main room and I was almost passing out. I'll tell you what, if you're in an emergency and you've got to wait for six hours, Pretend to pass out, sweat, and, and almost drop flat on the floor because they will take you into emergency really friggin' quickly and get you looked at because they don't want a, a, a you know a, a legal lawsuit on their hands. Person. Sorry. Well, you know, it's when, when I said that. Yeah, they don't want an unconscious person laying in the waiting true, room. True. <laughs> well, you know, it was uh, when I had that kidney infection, the because of the way it was set up it was actually causing pains in my chest. And I mean, I knew that's what was causing it. So I, when I went up to the emergency room to talk to them about it and I, and they said, well, what are you having? And I told them, I said, well, I think it's my kidney, but I've got this pain in my chest. And all of a sudden the faces of all the nurses changed. I'm suddenly whisked back into a room. You know, they've got me hooked up to all kinds of things also. Cause they just immediately thought, you know, He's having a heart attack. And I'm going, no, I'm not. It's on the right side of my chest. My heart, I think it's over here. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it's on the left. I'm not Vulcan. It's on the right side. This is over here, guys. So, yeah, my favorite Martian. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. How the hell, oh, yeah, I was going to say, how the hell did we get on the medical topic? Me being sick and poor Natalia having to go in the hospital. Yeah, you, you know what? We can change. Do you, do you want to go on to an equally depressing topic as well? Uh that that deals with religion? Oh, dear Lord, I don't know if we want to go down the religion path. <laughs> well, it's not... Okay, it's not the philosophy behind religion and what you believe and what you don't believe. But back when I was in school, so I was in uh, a Catholic school, and, uh, you know, very much a, you know, a, a practice in Catholic and, and so forth. Now... When it got to, uh, you know, I was maybe 11, 12, around that age, I was an altar boy. And, uh, you know, one of those things that, you know, I got teased and tormented over, of course, you know, but one of those things I was also proud of at the time and to do. Now, in recent years and in the last few months, I found out that the priest who I was an altar boy for has been charged as a pedophile and there's several cases. Ugh. Yeah, I know. There's several cases against him uh, from, you know, several different people that were at the same time going through this. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just gobsmacked. When I saw this on the news, I just went, um, okay, I can't recall anything going wrong, <laughs> but now I'm not sure. Have I, have I put it into the back of my mind? Um, and the, the really disappointing part, I think, that I, I found was that only a few years earlier with the kids, you know, I said to Gretel, you know, I don't really trust people with the kids because she wanted to have a night out and, and have a babysitter. And I said, look, I don't really trust people. Uh, you know, I prefer that we don't do that. And she said, well, who would you trust? And I said, well, honestly, the only person I'd trust is Father Finian Egan, who I, you know, was an altar boy for, a lovely man and so forth. And he turns out that, yeah, he, he's the one that's been charged and, and so forth. And it's just, you don't know. It's so scary. Well, I'll make you a deal. And this is one you can't refuse, I don't think. If you'll pay passage for me and the family to come down 
to Australia on a ship. We will stay there for the night so that you and Gretel can have a night out. That sounds so, pretty good. Yeah, ship passage for five five people. You know, <laughs> only a cool ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we'll take a, a, a just a gen- general stateroom. You know, doesn't have to be anything extremely fancy. You know, above yeah. the waterline. <laughs> I like that. Not steerage. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, yeah. things really do. You know, and 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 since that, I, I've turned away much more from religion. Now, for a number of years, I was, you know, very much on the thought of, well, am I preaching to the right religion, the right God, the correct God, and all that kind of thing? You you think that? You think is there a God? Is is it just a Big Bang theory uh, that you know created the world, and and that's and we're just freaks of nature or whatever you want to call us? So you sort of Speak go for yourself. Okay, uh, but you go into that thought process, but this is really just, it hasn't shattered me or anything because I'm an adult, I can deal with stuff like that. It's just, again, something else that's disappointed me in humanity and mankind. Um, yeah. And on, honestly, it, it, the reason why I bring it up is I'm still amazed because he was the nicest guy. Honestly, I, I felt that I could trust my kids with him if I had to. Um you know, really genuine Irish priest, lovely man, and and this happens, and it, it's almost hard to believe. I see footage of him being taken into the police station and charged, and it's like, holy crap! You know, it, yeah, it, it, it just I mean, amazes it's, it, me. It's tough when uh, people that you, I guess, admire would be the correct word. I don't want to say idolize. Uh, you know, fall from their from their pedestal. Mm. I'll have to say it that way. And, you know, it's it's, it's interesting that you bring this up uh, in reference to religion and all that, because this morning on the way into work, I was listening to uh, Mike's uh, most recent episode, which it's a little bit old now, uh, Bard on the Plains, where mm-hmm. he was finishing up the story that he had been telling. And he was and he brought up something that um, and, and I'll get around to the point here in a second. Uh, he brought up something that made me think about <clears throat> he was talking about how you justify religion versus science. And I remember, I was probably in sixth grade. Yeah, I was in sixth grade. So this is early 70s, like 70, 71, I guess, somewhere around there. Um, maybe 72, I can't remember now. And uh, <clears throat> the, I had a teacher, and we were talking about about that. And you, when you said the Big Bang Theory, it's what made me think of it. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting there in class, and they were talking about you know evolution and all this stuff, and you know, all the millions of years that transpired and all this stuff. And I sat there and I, and I you know, I was, I was, at that point in my life, I was going to church all the time. And I said something to the teacher. I said, well, I don't understand. How can, how can that be true? And yet I've been taught God created the heavens and the earth in six days and on the seventh day he rested. And God bless her soul. And I know she's probably not listening, but Miss Jackson, Roberta Jackson, if you are, I love you to this day, lady. I would lay my, I'd be almost willing to lay my life down for you because you solved a problem for me. She just turned around and simply said, Kevin, do you know how long God's day is? <laughs> That's it. Good point. And from then on, wow. I had no problem. She solved it for me by, by flipping that one little switch. God bless her soul. And uh, I know she's still around. She's a sweetheart. I haven't seen her for probably 10 or 15 years, but I dearly love this lady. And she was one of the very best teachers I ever had in my life. And she just, very quickly, she said, how do you know how long God's day is? 
So that, it that resolved it for me. That, that resolved it all for me. I can, I can be the scientist that I am because I'm an engineer, and I can also be a faithful person, you know, because of my religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody doesn't share them, and I understand that, and that's okay. I don't have a problem if you don't share my beliefs. But, you know, it just, it was like, wow, that's it. I don't need to know anything else. You've answered all the questions. Yeah. So, God bless her, Roberta Jackson. <laughs> Smart so. lady, that's for sure. Yep. So anyway, Kevin, I think we're over the depression stage of Geekiest However for this episode. We've delved with some serious topics. I think we'd better go and, and talk about some funky topics now to just brighten up our day. Otherwise, I'm going to get more hatred on Twitter. Boy, people have been hating me on Twitter lately. I've been having, you know, negative comments come about my shows and specifically now, but, you know... Maybe I'm just getting too controversial these days, but, uh, you know, sorry. I can brighten your day up a little bit. I have a little piece of new geek technology that I'm testing out. Ooh. As I slowly raise it. That looks like a ThinkPad. It is. It's it's the new Novo Carbon X1. That's nice. And you know what? It's It looks as thin as a MacBook Air 13. It is maybe just a hair thicker. Yep. It's not much. 14-inch screen. Wow, nice. And look at this. It almost opens completely flat. Oh, that's Back, nifty. Backlit keyboard. Um... 128 gig SSD. It's all solid state. Nice. So I'm testing it for work. And I take it running Windows 8, not Windows 7? No, it is running 7. Yeah? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, matter, yeah Windows 7, um, I'm really I'm really pleased with it. We're testing it out. I don't know. I told him, I said, uh, the more I use this, the more I like it. Uh, you might want to just go ahead and cut the requisition and get the thing paid for because I'm not sure you're getting it back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've got to say something. With the ThinkPads, I absolutely love that little uh, finger pointer dot thin in the middle of the keyboard. What what do you call it? I, I don't know what you call it. but I call it a thumbstick. Yeah, just brilliant. I, I love using those. I think it's a, a good alternative to the touchpad. Um, they're usually very responsive. Oh, you, you look so sexy with that computer, Kevin. I know. We my God. But you know, yeah, the uh, my normal work computer, which is a Dell. Mm-hmm. Don't don't freak out. Calm down, Mark. Calm down. Don't get freaked Damn out. It's Dells. A Dell. You know what? I like IBM. I I, I like Toshiba. I'll tolerate like, HP and Compaq, but I do not like Dell. I've had a Dell before. Uh, I used to run a Dell back in nineteen ninety seven ninety eight kind of thin, but it was a good computer, Pentium 4, Tower, you know, not too bad, DVD player, uh, CD burner, God knows what the speed was now, I can't recall, probably 400 megahertz, something like that, it it wasn't bad, might have been 800, I can't remember, it wasn't bad, but at the same time, it was a a Dell, and I I don't like Michael Dell, I think he's so far up his own ass that he can't see the daylight. Well, but knock on wood, I've had good luck with all the Dells that I've had. Mm-hmm. I do not like. I've had bad luck with Toshiba. I will not touch. Really, their- 
I've had fantastic luck with Toshiba. In fact, if I wasn't a hardcore Mac user, I'd be looking at Toshibas. Although, I must admit, the Toshibas I have seen recently, I don't know, they're using... Their manufacturing just doesn't seem to be as solid as it used to be. I, I think... Really, you got two different types of computers these days. You got the sub thousand dollar crappy computers that no one wants or no one should have, but they're there because people have budgets and they need to work within that. And then you got the higher and the fifteen hundred dollars upwards. You know, if I look at the fifteen hundred dollars upwards, they're still pretty good. But if I look below fifteen hundred, then it gets a bit dicey as to whether or not their build quality is good or whether it's just pure plastic. You know, you know they've got that piano black plastic stuff happening it's just yeah this this lenovo retails i looked it up somewhere uh i think it's around twelve hundred dollars mm-hmm. so mid mid range mid admittedly when i say fifteen hundred i probably mean twelve hundred remember australia has a, a different yeah. inflation to the u.s yeah. so we're probably yeah. on the, the same same sort yeah. of scales so uh yeah it, I, but i've i've had good luck with dell's i've had I mean, I've had real good luck with uh, uh, my Macs that I've had. Uh, very few troubles. I've had. Uh, I've got an older. I've got two older compacts that do okay. They're they're not bad. I got them really because of what you said, though. I picked them up brand new for two hundred ninety eight dollars US. Yeah. So you can't. That, that, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I, I I bought a new TV last week. You'll see it behind me. Um, I don't oh, know if it nice. looks any different than the other one. I'll I'll show you a yeah, bit later on the, after the show. Doesn't have a silver bezel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not as big. It's not as clunky. And um, you know, I I got that you know for a son. I, I paid three sixty for it. It's a thirty two inch, uh, hundred hertz LG, uh, three HDMI inputs, audio, uh, digital in, digital out. Uh, perfect for what I need. You know, we we were going to look at a forty inch, but we decided no. You know what? It, it was actually double the price to go for the the next forty inch, and we just went because this one was on clearance. It was only manufactured in January, but the new model had come out, so they were clearing the old model. So we went, hey, for three hundred and sixty bucks, we're there. We're going to do it, but we'd have to pay double for a forty inch. So um, no, we, we've been really happy with the thirty two. We're used to the thirty two inch size, um, but you, you do notice a difference in build quality. You know, I'm not saying it's a bad build quality. It's a nice TV, but when even when you look at TVs on on the low end, they their build quality they're all plastic. You know, even on the back is plastic. Thank God this one mm-hmm. we got. It's got a, a metal frame on the back, so I really like that. I'm glad that we got that one. Um, but yeah, the build quality is just different to what they used to to make. Yeah, they used go. to be behemoths. You know where you know. Well, you know, with a lot of the big computer manufacturers, I I haven't seen it in HP, so I'm probably, if anybody who's listening wants to give me hell about it, that's fine. Um, but in Dell, uh, Lenovo, um, trying to think of some of the other brands I've experienced, um, there are a couple others, and I can't think of any off the top of my head. They have different lines of computers. They have the business lines, yep. which is what we buy at work. They're very solid, well-made machines. Um they put up with a lot of crap. I mean, because we don't. Well, they have you know, to we're all, yeah, I mean, we're yeah. I'm wearing the crap business, but the. <laughs> uh, but um, bum. Anyway, they um, uh, they uh, 
you know, they, they tolerate the, 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 the way we treat them and the way that any business computer is really going to get treated. And I think the Lenovo's do too, from what I've seen. Um, and, but you know, the, the, the quality of these compacts that I have that I got dirt cheap and only one of them gets used anymore. I may go ahead and get rid of one of them because I think I'm going to pick up another used Mac before long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, uh, I'll get rid of that other uh, compact date. You know, they've been good for just something for somebody to surf the web. You know, for kids, for families, they're good enough, aren't they? And, and that's what you've got to look at. You've got to look at what will work for you. And, uh, you know, I, I had a disagreement with uh, Tim Chadden on, on NAMP this week. We, we, we've had this for a while because Tim doesn't believe that there's any good applications on Windows. And, look, I'm not a Windows lover, but I, I've been really getting under people's noses i guess when i do namp because i've been like look you can't say that there's not good apps for windows they do exist people use them it depends what your purpose is for and what your use case scenario is for um and and you get all the crapware off that comes with the computer and you reinstall the os from scratch so that you know how it's set up and you can have a very solid experience it may not be what you want that's why you have a mac at home and a pc at work you know, work yeah. dreams that you need a PC, and you just adapt. Um, but, you know, look, I run Windows 7, and I love booting into Windows 7 occasionally. I don't do it all the time. I do it a couple of times a month. And for what I use Windows 7 for on my Mac, it's solid. It's perfect. It's a good experience. It's still not my Mac. Don't get me wrong. But it does its job. So, you know, the, the whole... I guess if you want to term it fanboy stuff, I, I got to tell you, Kevin, I'm getting really sick and tired of fanboy stuff at the moment, and hating on. Well, I'm, I'm your fanboy, okay? Okay. Good lord, <laughs> Kevin's fanning himself. But no, I'm getting sick and tired of the hatred from both sides of the fence, from both camps. I don't care if someone uses an Android phone, and if you're using an Android phone. As long as you enjoy it and you can get done what you need to get done, please enjoy it. Don't don't crap on my parade because I want to use an iPhone. Likewise, it, it's then not up to me to crap on an, an Android user and say, oh, you know, you've got shit apps or not enough apps or, you know, whatever I want to say. You know what I mean? It's like, can't we all just hold hands and get along? No. Um, anyway, the... Um, that was disturbing, what, Kevin. Yeah, it was. It was... I throw up a little bit there. <laughs> the, uh, the I think the I mean, granted, I am as uh, Nightwise says, I am a cross-platform slider. I dabble in. I've mentioned it before. All three of the major OSs. Um, so I mean, it's not like I don't do it. Uh, I have to use Windows at work. I don't mind it. I get by with Windows just fine. I've, I I used Windows. I've used it so much. You know that I'm as comfortable there as I am on my Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's there's no problem there. So I think it's all about what you need to do to for get what, the, job, for the job. Yeah, I mean, whatever you like. I Android phones there are a couple of those that HTC One. That thing looks freaking amazing. Yep. But my problem right now is I'm too heavily invested in the ecosphere With right Apple. now to yep. change. Yeah, with Apple and Apple products, to want to change. Yeah, I don't. A- Apple would have to make a, a big faux pas 
and the product lineup, um, you know, down the line for me to sort of jump ship because I, I buy content up on iTunes, not only apps, I buy movies and stuff like that. So I'm all in that ecosystem. Um, you know, so it's kind of a shame that you get locked in so much, but what can you do? It's, it's just the way that they do things. I, I think pretty much if you were on Android, you get locked into that ecosystem as well. Obviously, on Android, you've got a little bit more of an option as to the specific hardware you want to go for. So you can choose a 5-inch or a 5.2-inch or, you know, whatever screen size you want. It's a little bit too... That that brings up another issue, though. For me personally, that's a little bit too diluted for what I'd like to, to get out of a, a portable platform. I don't sort of want to swap and change as much or I don't want... You know, it's a lot harder to know, is this going to be supported in the next flavor of, of the OS that Google releases? So, you know, I, I want more flexibility, I guess, which we're seeing in iOS 7. The iOS 7 announcement this week was pretty cool. It changes everything. Um, yes, fan yourself again, Kevin. But there, there's Made still... my heart flutter. Indeed. There's still <laughs> levels of functionality, though, that... Because Apple's much more locked down than Android is, there's still certain things that you can't do and maybe that you'll never be able to do. And you know what? As long as I'm happy with that, I'll, I'll stick with Apple. Um, but I would, I do look across the fence occasionally and go, ooh, that would be kind of cool. So, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned when Mike and I were talking a few weeks ago when you were out sick. Um, and again, a big thank you to Mike. Oh, and uh, before I forget again, uh, an apology to Tim Chatton. He sent me a tweet. He wanted to. He wants to uh, hook up on the uh, in the Weverse, uh, but that was about the time I got sick, and I just haven't gotten until I've gotten over everything. I haven't had a chance to get back on uh, and play much. So, hey, 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 Kim, Kevin, I Kevin, I'll tell you what, what: you whip his ass in Mario Kart. Oh, now that's cold. That's really cold. It's dude. not. Seriously, we were playing for an hour and a half, and we had the video conferencing going over Skype, and I was there, and I was almost lapping him. But then I played too much Mario Kart, so. See, I haven't played much Mario Kart for a long time. Oh, it's my favorite game, and, and it's one that oh, my it's... son loves as well. And so what we do is we go two-player, and then two-player online, so he can race and I can race against each other, plus against other people. So we actually verse each other. But then if someone's sort of, you know, bombing us all the time or whatever, if, you know, then we'll work together and knock them out and stuff like that. It's so much fun to sort of do that real-world co-op online gameplay. It's just a lot of fun. Well, I, I, again, an apology there. Now I forgot what the hell I was going to say. Something about Mike yeah. and you being sick a few weeks ago. I don't remember what Tim, that was. Tim Chatton, you're going to beat him in Mario Kart very shortly. Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> but anyway, that's an apology <laughs> to him. So anyway, we'll, we'll move on because I forgot what the hell my train of thought was. and Like, that's unusual on this show. But uh, <laughs> You're getting old, Kevin. So, but you, Yeah, I know. Yeah, we, we've established that. <laughs> Mike and I are the old farts, and we know that. Some of us have to be more sanitized than others as we age. So. Yes, yes. Mm. So, now, I have a question for you uh, since you brought it up uh, sort of on the side. Uh, how did you feel about all the Apple announcements? I, I have to say going into it, I was reserved. I thought, ah, I don't really think they can they can wow me that much. 
And son of a bitch, after two hours of sitting there watching, because I had to watch it delayed. Yep. Because of, I was at work and I couldn't watch it. By the time, probably about 30 minutes in, 40 minutes in, somewhere around there, when they started talking about the new MacBook Airs, or maybe it was a little before that, or when they started talking about Mavericks, son of a bitch, if I went right on the edge of my seat, drooling and, you know, everything else, and getting all excited, going, yeah, yeah. Like, I promised myself I wouldn't get that way, and I did. No, they, they impressed. Um, iOS 7, absolutely love the new design. think it's going to be great. Obviously, I haven't played with it. I've got a, a developer account, but not a paid developer account, so I can't get access to it. Uh, the other problem, too, is I, I've only got the one... Uh, you can. Uh, I've only got the, the one iPhone, uh, so I don't want to really muck around with it too much. The one good piece of news, though, for me, I'm not going to have to upgrade my iPhone until next year. It supports the iPhone 4. I know. I was surprised when I saw that. That really shocked me that they said uh, 7 was going to... Well, I'm sure there's going to be some features that probably won't come across. There, there will be. Um, but I had a look at the feature set, and there's nothing in there that I personally want anyway that I, I feel I would personally use, so I'm not going to miss out on anything. Um, so, provided I get the performance the same as what I've got now, I'll be happy with that. If it slows down and, and doesn't perform the same way, then obviously I'm going to backflip and go out and upgrade my phone. But if it performs the same now, just with the, the new interface, it'll be great. You know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, that, that'll make the phone four years old. And that, that's pretty good because I buy them outright. So, you know, the, I paid uh, $7.99 for mine, I think. It was either that or eight forty nine, one one of the two. Because uh, they do keep reducing them in price uh, each new edition slightly. And, um, you know, getting that amount of time out of it, it's really good, really useful. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that uh, and how it actually works and, and so forth. My biggest thing, though, with iOS 7 is that new uh, feature where you swipe up on the screen, even from the lock screen, and then you've got all your controls for your Bluetooth, your Wi-Fi, uh, your playback of media, you know, all those settings that you need to access all the time rather than having to unlock, go into settings, change a setting and all that kind of stuff. You can now do it on the fly. That is something that, that's just brilliant. The multitasking looks pretty nice, but I don't oh, think yeah, it, I don't think it fixes the multitasking issue. I think it just it makes it easier to see what you're working on for sure, but it doesn't make it easier to go between more than two apps at a time. Um, you're still going to uh, yeah, have, I, I, I get your point. Yeah. yeah you're still going to have there. that, uh, which app? Yep. That one. Oh, no, it's not that one. It's, it's the other one across. So you're still going to have that muscle memory that gets, gets confused, but I'm looking very, very forward to that. It's, um, lovely new design. They've, they've stolen a few ideas from Android and from windows phone. I don't mind about that cause they steal it from, from us. Um, but it, it's going to be a nice, OS, I feel, even on an older system, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'll, I'll be certainly looking forward to it on the iPad Mini. It'll be um, yeah. really Oh, good. I can't wait to see it on the fourth-gen iPad that I just oh, got. Oh, yeah, that, that'd be beautiful. Imagine that oh. glossy, glassy appearance, you know, just one for it. And honestly, I didn't think I'd like it. I, I went into the press conference thinking, well, you know, it, it, it's going to be flattened and it's going to be different. And... You know, look, I don't like some of the icons, like the new settings icon. I don't like that. I like the gears uh, icon. But bottom line, who cares? I'll probably get used to it anyway. 
and it's just yeah. it's a cleaner interface. Um, it it'll be it would be interesting to know from a developer standpoint whether or not this new interface because it looks so much more advanced and like it would take a lot more processing, especially graphics processing power. But it would be interesting to to know whether the sort of 3D effect of a button uh, that we've currently got now, you know, that that sort of raised button with the little shadow, whether or not that takes more processing than than the new sort of layout. Um, that'd be interesting to find out, you know, from a processor uh, standpoint. Yeah. Um, you know, whether or not there's a, an improvement there uh, with just rendering and so forth. And therefore, when you're scrolling through content and that is going to be a little bit more fluid so uh all in all i i, I think ios 7 is great uh, i'm gonna love it and guess what maverick for the, the mac uh supports my mac certainly in the developer build now it's, it's not confirmed that it will support it in the actual release right. apple hasn't released that information but it supports all the way back to the mid 2007 iMac so i should be right so again i get to keep my mac working perfectly fine for another 12 months and provided it runs the same way with the same performance i'm not going to upgrade you know it's a solid computer it doesn't give me any problems i don't want a new one uh yeah now i didn't see really too much in maverick that that made me go wow it was there were elements that were like oh that's cool but nothing that makes me go, oh, I need to get that right now. Whereas iOS 7 was, I want it right now. Um, uh, yeah, but there's a reason for that for you. You're more heavily invested in the iOS world than you are in the Mac world in a lot of ways yeah. because you've talked on NAMP, you've talked on here, we've talked, you try to do uh, the majority of your workflow in the iOS world. And I oh I have to say I did enjoy episode I think it was one oh six of NAMP with you and Jeff Gamut and Oh the the one where I was trying to get more productive because I yes. I, I got stuck and uh it was a creative good chat block. that one. I I did get a creative block, a very, very big creative block. So uh I that, thoroughly enjoyed that episode though. That was a very, very good episode. Fantastic. So well, I'm glad to get the feedback. Thank you, Kevin. You're quite welcome. Yeah, um, but anyway, the uh, you're more heavily invested in the iOS side of things, so I think I think that makes a lot of sense that why you would be more excited on the that than the Maverick side. Um, I was excited by both. You know, God, I'm, a, I'm I almost make myself sick thinking about how <laughs> much of a fanboy I am, and that's you know, and it just is. And, and granted, you know, I've only been a full time Mac user for. Uh, eight years, something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. before that, I dabbled. I've I've got some old Macs. Oh, I can't tell you, I did get rid of one not long ago. That one that you yes. saw out in the yard. Yes, yeah. that was disgraceful, Kevin. Shame, shame, shame. No, it it hung around for another year, <laughs> and it just finally went this past Saturday. <laughs> oh. But anyway, um, the uh, you know, but before that, I still got that Mac Classic that I have, and all mm-hmm. that, and I had. Uh, I had a couple other old Macs, and I always they were always there. I was always fascinated, but I was so what I, the work I was doing was so heavy into the uh, actually more mainframe side of things. To be honest with you, and I used a PC as more like a, a terminal than anything uh-huh. else. 
So, uh, so I was more heavily invested on that side of things. Plus, that time I was much more of a PC gamer. Yep. Too. So I, I was more invested on that side. The you know neither here nor there. But since I switched over to the Mac, I have gone in lock, stock, and barrel. Again, I use all three OSs. That's not the point. But it, it, anytime something happens with Apple, everybody at work seeks me out. <laughs> are you, you know, like when Steve Jobs passed away, are you okay? You know, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I said, yeah, it bothers me. You know, I never met the guy, but it does bother me that mm. he died. He's done so much for what I do. And, you know, he's helped all of us in a way. And it's just a sort of thing like that. So it's, it's funny. I, I have quite the reputation at work for being the ultimate fanboy. You're, you're the ultimate Mac boy. Yeah. Just call me <laughs> Mac OS Kevin. Sorry, <laughs> Ken Ray. <laughs> That's funny. You know, one one thing you would love with Maverick, though, is the, the multi-display options that they've now come out with. That I've, I've got to admit, I was impressed by that. And you know me, I'm not a multi-display person. But one thing I immediately thought is my next computer could be a MacBook Air, so they've got ultra portability. And then I could use the Apple TV to my new 1080p TV uh, for when I need that slightly larger display for certain things. And I thought... You know, that ability to use the Apple TV to display a screen and have everything moving superbly, it was like, holy cow, that's awesome. That's just, that's cool. And that that wasn't the only thing. I mean, being able to open an application on another screen and have the dock there and it actually opens on that screen rather than you opening and then having to move and move and shift things around. around. Follow you around and all that. And the the full screen thing when you go full screen it's only on that screen. Yep. That that was the thing that and and we'd heard rumors that that was going. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be so cool. Because like you said, I got three a three monitor set up here, so I can have full screen. I can have the the iMac that has the best display of all three of them, playing a video or something. And be working back and forth on the other two monitors. I'm now thinking about trying to figure out how I can work in a fourth display. Oh, God. <laughs> above the iMac. You know what? I was watching the original Batman movie the other day from 1989. And uh, you know how he's, he's in Batcave and he's got all the, the different screens going right up above and so forth. And I was thinking of you when I, when I saw that. You know, the multi-screen Kevin Man. Well, you know what I, what I was thinking about was... An Apple TV, uh, maybe get a 32-inch, not real expensive, but not real cheap uh, t- TV, because I can get one of those here in the United States for or not too much, or maybe even a 26, here I can get 26s of the ones I see a lot of, and hanging it on the wall up here just over top of me here, and it's just like, ah, da-da! You, know? you are a crazy man. Oh, no, that, it's, it'll, look, it'll look like Mission Control Central for me. It will. You know, and, and it's one of those cool things. It's, it's great for people who use multiple displays. So, you know, I, I think they've done a great job with that. I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, the the MacBook Air that came out, nice addition on battery life. Boy, that's cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that is a, a major addition on battery life. Uh, and I believe it's due to that new... Is it Haswell, the new Intel processor that Has- they're using? The Haswell chipset. 
Yeah, so um, a little bit slower clock speed, but longer battery life. But I, I think the performance is roughly the same because it, it boasts a GPU that's twice as fast as the previous edition. And some of the processing power for some apps can be loaded onto the GPU. So yeah. that'll be... Um, I'm sure people will be happy with that. I, and honestly, I think anyone who buys a MacBook Air probably is more interested in the portability and the battery life than they are the performance. And it, you know, the it's only, pretty fast anyway. The only thing that disappoints me with the Airs, and it's it's a minor little thing, is that there's. I, I was glad to see the bottom-of-the-line model. They finally got above 64. Yes. They started at 100. Why the hell are they still not offering 8 gig of RAM? I mean... Future proof it just a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with you, but that's also good for old timers like me who run a late two thousand nine iMac because when they support lower end gear, they've got to support, you know, back support no, no, quite I, a bit. No, I understand supporting it, but I mean, there, and I could be wrong, and I'm not right on the Apple side. I can't think English today. I'm not right on the Apple side, but there is no starting configuration in the 11-inch, or I don't even think the 13-inch. They all start at 4 yeah. gigs of RAM. And but I, like, I, I think that's to differentiate between that line and then the Pro line of, of Apple's laptops that do start at the 8. Um, you know, I'm sure that'll change in time, but yeah, I mean, if I was ordering one now, I'd, I'd up it to 8 immediately, because of course you can't upgrade it after the fact, so... Yeah, you, yeah, you can't, uh, and that that that's the only thing that bothers uh, would bother me would be that. So, uh, other than that, because yeah, I would probably take the base model and just do the RAM upgrade on either the eleven or the thirteen inch, and I'd be set because I mean all the computers that I use in a portable fashion, I will phrase it that way, have. Uh, hundred I'm I'm probably only using sixty five, maybe seventy gigs of storage on mm-hmm. the most on any of them. So hundred and twenty eight would be fine. Perfect fine. I'd have more than enough room to grow. You know, I'm just ducking back to that RAM issue for a minute. You look at what they've done and I forget what they've called it now, but it's almost like a RAM doubler if you remember back in the days of the nineties. Uh, when we had RAM doubler, and it, it's this, I think they called it compressed RAM or something, and it's so that the RAM doesn't write out to the hard drive as frequently. To stop the out. To, yeah, so that it, it doesn't slow down, because, of course, that slows down even with an SSD. Um, so having that ability to, to have that then compressed a little bit more and then only available when you need it, and then the operating system learns what you use more... Perhaps at the four gig standpoint, you know, you'll get more flexibility out of that, if you know what I mean. Um, That's possible. I, I mean, I don't know that for sure, but, you know, for them to release a, an updated model that does only have the four gigs in it, you know, obviously they're, they're confident that for the next foreseeable future, six, nine, 12 months of that lifespan... Uh, that that will be more than adequate to get three or more years of computing out of for anyone who purchases it. So maybe they're they're tweaking the OS to such an extent that they don't need to really push the hardware that much further for the people who want that. Uh, And if that's the case, 
uh, more power to them. I hope that is true. Um, I mean, it certainly appears that way based on what you're saying. And yeah, after thinking about it, yeah, that does make sense. But I don't know. That just it was just like really, there's not a base model that's eight gigs. And I know they target the MacBook Air more consumerish type of uh, you know it's that consumer prosumer where the the hardcore you know pros they'll say they'll go buy the MacBook Pro or if they just feel like bleeding money they'll go buy the MacBook Pro with Retina hmm. and I'm sorry I'll say it again I've got a non Retina and I got a Retina iPad sorry till they're sitting side by side I can't see the difference. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think at some stage in the future, and I don't know whether this is going to be any time soon or whether it's a long way off, but I think the and and we're seeing this very much with with iOS, uh, with the iOS devices. We don't consciously buy an iOS device and say, "Hey, this has." you know, four gigabytes of RAM in it, two gigabytes of RAM in it. That's not an element of, of computing power when it comes to an iOS device. Um, in fact, they don't even talk clock speed when it comes to, to that. They talk specifically processor build. So I'm wondering whether or not we're going to come to a stage on the Mac where four gigs is enough or eight gigs is enough and we're not going to need more than that. You know, I've got 12 gigs at the moment, I don't ever max that out. I get up to maybe eight gigs, nine gigs of usage when I'm I'm doing several things, but I don't max it out. So it it makes you wonder if you know. Obviously, and I'm talking from the, the average consumer standpoint here. I'm not talking from the pro user or someone who wants to do graphics or video work, anything like that. I'm talking from the consumer base that you know, wants to look up the internet via Safari, wants to look up Facebook and put stuff on Facebook, wants to maybe tweet, do a Skype call here and there, check email, um, that kind of elementary stuff. I honestly don't think that people need more than four gigs or or eight gigs. Certainly eight gigs, I think, is a nice sweet spot. I, I don't and, and look, you know, we probably said that years ago about two gigs. You don't need more than two gigs and so forth. But I think for the basic tasks that we're all doing today, we don't actually need much more than that. I think that we could be, most users could be quite happy with what we've got. That's probably true, but I, I will remind you of... Yes, I know, Kevin, you can put more RAM into your Mac just because you can. doesn't mean that you ever use it for anything constructive although you run a lot so you run a lot of vms anyway so yeah that's that's the only reason i use it the the more memory allocation to each vm man you could run a vm on each screen and not run out of performance power you know so and there's another reason to add that fourth screen oh god Uh, i've encouraged him here Mark, mark gave me the reason yeah, don't, she, she don't, tell your wife, don't tell your wife that, because otherwise she won't let us podcast anymore. No, she may fund the trip for herself to come to Australia and, and put a butt kicking on you. <laughs> <laughs> and believe me, she can put a butt kicking on you. <laughs> God love her. But yeah, no, that's a, 
but yeah, that's you know that might be the thing. I could do that. Oh, and then if I use a display pad, that gives me a fifth display. Oh, good lord, Kevin! Okay. Now here's something I've got to try sometime soon. Oh. I will have to put a VM screen on display pad. Oh, that just has to be fun. Yes, I'll have to try that. That would just be you know. Can you imagine that four display and then a fifth display? Oh, that would just be too cool. I'm just. I'm I'm drooling a little bit thinking about having five displays hooked up. That is absolute insanity. You've only got two eyes. Um. Yeah, and according to some people I know where my head is, it doesn't do me any good to have two <laughs> eyes. <that I> have. <laughs> oh, dear me. You know what? You're going to need to upgrade from that 27-inch to that brand-new, beautiful-looking Mac Pro. That thing was pretty awesome. I need to see it in person, though, to pass judgment on it completely. You know what? Okay, it's been compared to a few different things since it's been released. You know, the coffee grinder, coffee maker kind of thing. It's been, you know, like I I called it a Dyson heater. Um, John Martellaro from the Mac Observer linked it back to the original Apple uh, glass store in New York City where it was circular and round and, and so forth um and, and then the other one that i saw online i forget who he put this up uh that it was like a flux capacitor um in in Lorcan. yeah, yeah well, you, it actually reminded me of uh two things the mr fusion not the yes. flux capacitor no the mr oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no because the flux capacitor was yeah in, inside the car yeah mr fusion you are correct uh and then the other thing that I, when i saw it the uh, uh, was it Mac Cube or whatever that thing was that came yeah, the, out. Yeah, the, uh, the the Mac Cube that came out late nineties, early two thousands was an alternative yes. for the the tower, but never took off. It, it was like it, it was almost like a redesign of that, but that went popped with right into my head power. as soon as I saw it. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. Oh. It was and 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 look, uh, Schiller's opinion of um, what what did he say? Now it was. Uh, can't innovate my ass. <laughs> yeah, can't innovate any further my ass. I mean, how perfect was that? That that you never would have thought that you would have actually heard that from an Apple presentation. You know, it's like holy crap. <laughs> you know, um, and it's like yeah, that that was cool. That was you know really they, sticking it to the were, man. They were definitely a little more laid back in this presentation and this. Um, they were comfortable. Uh, yeah, it, it did seem like they were more in their own skin. I'll, I'll say you it know, that way as a friend. Dave Hamilton so it, posted while he was doing Mac Observer's uh, live feed, um, you know, live text feed. He was posting his thoughts and, and saying that he, he feels that they've been coached and and and, and really helped along there. And I, I think that's probably true to a certain extent. I also think at this point in time, it's now been a couple of years since Steve Jobs passed away, I think that they're no longer in the shadow of Steve Jobs. I think that they're doing stuff now that are out on their own and they're no longer going into a conference or a presentation with everyone thinking, what would Steve Steve do? You know, and, and I think that lifts a hell of a lot of stress and a lot of pressure off their shoulders. Um, and I, I think, you know, It'll only continue to increase as time goes on. It'll just get better and better. They've got such a great team there. 
you know what? The one thing that I, I did come across, because um, Jim McDonald's doing this thin um, app camp for, for girls, I think yeah. it is at the moment. And, you know, it just got me thinking. Every time we see an Apple presentation, it's man, 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 all, all the way. There's There doesn't seem to be any women in Apple at that, that high level. And I just wonder why. I thought, oh, you know, that's, that's a little bit strange. And it's been that way for years, I think. Um, well, I can nominate two of our friends for it. Kirshen Say and Julie Keel. I nominate them to become... Apple executives sounds good to me. I, I think it would, I think Julie'd be right in there kicking butt and taking names. I, oh, I'd yeah. be good with that. <laughs> Kershaw would be writing code like there's no like nobody's business. So yeah, it, it's just interesting that you know they don't have any top tier top tier women in in the the management structure. I, I'm sure it's not done. Well, I hope it's not done on purpose. I'm I'm almost sure that it wouldn't be, but. With so many very intelligent women around in the tech industry, especially today, it's no longer frowned upon for a woman to be successful in technology. It's no longer looked down upon. I mean, maybe for some dinosaurs, they'd still do that. But for most of society, it's fair game, which it should be and should have always been. So it just surprised me. You know, I don't know. It'll change sometime, I I guess. Um, But, yeah, anyway, just... A radical yeah, thought no. that when I was watching it, I, I was thinking, ah, oh, because I just remembered the app camp for girls thing that's been going on at the moment and thought, yeah, that's cool. And okay, but they're, they're not here. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is true. Um, and now that you say that, I, I, I guess at a subconscious level, I did notice it too. Um, and I always tend to note, I do usually tend to notice that because I do happen to be fortunate enough to work uh, with a lot of very, very smart women that I have great respect for um, at all levels of an organization. So I'm more used to it and more in tune to it, I think, than some people are. Mm-hmm. There are part, you know, there are certain organizations that, for whatever reason, tend to stay all male, um, and I think they do suffer a little bit for that. I really do. I think there's there's a a perspective that not only each individual person, man or woman, brings to something. But, you know, there's always a different perspective because of what you've been through growing up. And let's face it, no matter how even we want to make it, the experience of growing up male versus the experience of growing up female are going to be completely different. Yeah. There's no way around it. So I think that that would be beneficial. And, um, you know, it's it, it is sad. It will change at some point, I'm sure. But they, the one thing they need to be careful of just with any organization is don't change executives for the sake of meeting some, some, something like image. Yeah. I mean, you know, make sure it is somebody that really adds value to the team. Yeah. And the same reason, get rid of people when they're not adding value to the team anymore. Well, they, they certainly did that. They, um, who, who was the executive they got rid of that did all the skeuomorphism in, in the iOS platform? Forstall, Scott Forstall. Um, yeah, so uh, they got rid of him, and you can see a radical change. You can, And it's not that skeuomorphism was bad, but we've grown up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're a bit above that now. So, um, you know, it's just a different way of looking at it. So, you know... I'm sure that the the management system will change. I'm sure that the core people will stay the same over the years, and uh, 
Yeah, as long as they keep pumping out good stuff, that's all I care about. But at the same time, give everyone a, a fair and equal go, which I'm sure Apple does. I'm sure, uh, you know, there are a lot of very intelligent women working at Apple, writing a lot of code and, and pumping out some really good and interesting ideas. They're just not up there on the stage presenting those ideas, I guess. Well, you know what? I, I said Kirshen and I said uh, uh, Julie. Uh, since Allison's getting ready to retire here, maybe she should move on to a second career as an Apple executive. There you go. I think that would be perfect. There you go. I we, can we, see- we've just pushed her into another career. She won't be able to have those uh, long, long, long weekends now, Kevin. Yeah, and her podcast will definitely change if she's an Apple executive. Oh, insider information. Ooh. There you go. I'll go buy some stock. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And on that note, while you're buying stock, we better inform the listeners where you can be found. Oh, I can be found sick, sick, dying in a hospital. But oh, no, wait, we already passed that point. Um, no, you can find me on both Twitter and app.net as at B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. And if you go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder, you can find links to a few other things that I'm involved with, dabble in, play with screw up otherwise mess up you know so please have a look very cool and for anything relating to me simply head across to markgreentree.com well thank you for listening and subscribing until next week take care and don't forget between now and next week to hug a geek hey tim huh tim we're gonna do the show i'm dude i'm playing boba fett pinball man but Tim, it's time for us to record Tech Fan. Well, this is about. Oh, dang it! Oh, it went in the Sarlacc pit. I hate when that happens. Tim, um, Tim, my. I know you like pinball, but we need yeah. to do our show. We okay. need to talk about technology and, and gadgets uh, and even video thing. games, even pinball. And, oh, did you say something about pinball? Yeah, I did, but you weren't listening. Hmm. I think I'm gonna. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Tech Fan. I think it's going to be a solo show. Go Boba Fett. Oh. Huh? I'm sorry. I'll put this down. What? Let's record a show. It's the Tech Fan Podcast, right here on the Stoplight Network.